Hello and welcome to the Great Lakes Sports Network Michigan State Podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. Be sure to check us out on Anchor Apple Podcast, Spotify, Facebook page, Great Lake Sports Network. Go look at that. Check out all of our past shows. Uh, got some Lions content that's uh, coming out regularly. Speaking of which, Ryan McCumber, who helps run that podcast, is going to be on tomorrow because, well, him and Chris Stanton both will be because, look, uh, they're, with all due respect to my next guest, they uh, they hate Michigan about as much as I do. I don't think you'd find anyone who hates them more than me, but they're about as close as you get. Sorry about that, Sean. Um, That's fine. But then uh, Thursday, Anthony Ianni is going to be on. Friday, former Michigan State safety Thomas Wright is going to be on the show. Talk all things hate week. And look, before we kind of dive into it, Sean, did you have an opportunity to watch uh, the big moment uh, last night? ETN's program, the big moment um, about the trouble with the snap game. Uh, no, I have not got a chance to catch that yet. Uh, did you see the Notre Dame one? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's obviously, you know, built in the same format. Uh, c- kind of interesting. Uh, more background on guys who I think are really underrated on that play in uh, Matt Morrissey and Grayson Miller. So it, it was it was a good program. You know, if uh, you like the play, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do go and check that out. Um, look, um, this isn't going to be like a here's a list of the reason why I hate Michigan because everybody's got their reasons and there's plenty of them. Don't get me wrong. Um, the thing is, is for me, as far as this rivalry goes, and we'll break down the X's and O's, you know, when we get uh, AI on, because that's typically when we do that on uh, Thursdays. And then obviously Thomas Wright has a lot to contribute to that as well. Um, but as far as this rivalry goes, man, this isn't fun for me. Like, it's normally a fun week leading up to it for a lot of people. I hate this. And I hate it twice as much when you get a bye week in front of it. Yeah, because it's just like school. twice as long. Yeah, it just stretches out. I hate this rivalry. I've not been a fan of it since I've been. It's more stressful than it is fun. It's more stressful than it is entertaining because it shows you an ugly side of people because and maybe this is just my own personal experience of speaking but the arrogance that everybody associates that fan base with and trust me there are people who are Georgia fans who see that arrogance mm-hmm. um, one of the guys who I volunteer with at my church he's he's a Georgia fan he's from that area and he said he following our Facebook page just because he likes, you know, watching Michigan suffer, which is really <laughs> funny because the Michigan uh, contributor quit. So we're looking for one of those. So if for whatever reason you're checking this podcast, I'll go ahead and uh, <laughs> shoot me a message and we can uh, iron out some details there. But it's that arrogance just comes out of the fans and it, gets projected on Michigan State fans, and it's like, what have you done to contribute to it? Like, when it was 21, and, you know, I drank all the time, and I had a good time, and party all the time, whatever it is, um, it was fun to just trash talk, because I was still a kid, you know, I was still acting stupid, whatever yeah. it is. 
I was acting like my last name was Edwards, Donovan, or Braylon. Take your pick this week. And I just, I don't know, man. I'm 37 now. I've taken the approach when I was around 21 that the pride comes before the fall type approach. Uh, I got a kid. Like, I'm done with the childish trash talk. It's. You know, if you like, I'll throw jabs here and there just because I hate them, but I'm not going to sit there and completely degrade your team and then have that somehow end up as a reflection on you. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think the big, and I, and I'm going to, I'm going to overgeneralize here. Um, and then I'm going to walk it back a little bit. I think the big problem is that Michigan has sucked the entire era of social media. And so when they were good, right, social media, Twitter wasn't a thing. Facebook was brand new and nobody was going on MySpace to talk shit, right? And so you're like, all right, cool, I guess. So it's kind of like the best description would be like kind of like that sheltered kid who at like 28 finally discovers freedom and booze and goes out and like over over does it. Yeah, yeah. The except they have <laughs> Rumspring. Um, but yeah, so it's it's that that's the problem, right? Is it's this they've never been good when they were able to go out on social media. And so guys like and guys like McCumber and um our buddy Mike, who are very active on Twitter, very vocal on their support of, of Michigan State sports, right? They make easy targets because you know they're the ones that are engaging with the Michigan fans on Twitter. And so it's very easy for them to become targets and by periphery, you know, you can potentially get sucked into that. And the problem, the problem, and because we both take the same approach to it, right. Is we, we take the approach of, yeah, Hey, Michigan is a good team this year, but they're not like otherworldly Georgia, Ohio state kind of dominant teams. They have possibly the best offensive line in the country, and that's about it. Like Blake Corum, he is a good running back. Do not mistake what I'm saying. Don't think I'm saying that Blake Corum isn't great. But he's not a great, he's not like some otherworldly, otherworldly running back like K9 was last year. Right? Blake Corum is running, running behind the, Oklahoma State. Yeah. Like he's K Corum is running behind the best offensive line in the country. And that's really what it boils down to. And when Michigan's Michigan's strength of schedule is 127th out of 131st. Yeah, he's putting up great numbers, but he's putting them up against garbage teams. He had five touchdowns against UConn. We could score five touchdowns against UConn. Like they made the jump to FBS and they're garbage. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not it's not a matter of degrading Michigan. It's a matter of being able to look at and go, okay, where where are they good at? Where like when we look at our team, right? Like we we both follow the Spartans. We talk about it on damn near a daily basis. And it's our wide receivers outside of Ohio State are probably some of the best wide receivers, are the best wide receiver core in the entire Big Ten, right? Fair. Outside of Ohio State. We don't have a great running back core. Our offensive line, they're they're not great. Our linebacker they're room, we both expected. Yeah. Our linebacker room, we both expected to be way better. And that was before we lost Snow and then we moved Winman down, you know, all of this. So, yeah, we, in this isn't to make, this isn't to 
make uh, make excuses. But injuries have injuries have affected what we thought because we you know we did the pre the preseason episode. We thought what would be the strengths or where Michigan State would be good this year, but yeah, they can't and- do that. JJ McCarthy should be running in the running for the Heisman, according to them, when he's a very average quarterback. He, he's Kate McNamara with legs. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And and that's not a shot at, at like, oh well, they should have no Michigan State should have no problem this weekend because Michigan State can stop McNamara. So it that level, like, all right, I'm I'm gonna give you guys a history lesson on this podcast. Um, Sean, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this? Oh, um, yep. so. This podcast went by a couple different names. We kind of rebranded it a few times, obviously, and you know now we're here um, at the Great Lakes Sports Network, Michigan State Pod. Um, before that, it was called Trouble with the Snap, and you know me and a buddy of mine, we started it under a uh, under a banner of you know what, let's talk Michigan, let's talk Michigan State. We can both be professional about it and everything else, and. This rivalry, it transcends sports. And I think that, to me, is what makes this the greatest rivalry. You know, Mel Tucker said something about, oh, well, you know, at the base of all great rivalries, there's respect. Not in this one. And you can look at Joe Bolden. You can look at Mike Hart. You can look at Braylon Edwards, Taylor Luan, uh, Mike Morris, who twisted K-9's face mask last year, like tried to twist his head off. You can look at all of those guys. Like, obviously, none of that is respectful. And, you know, once the pads go up, it's still not like that. And so there's no respect there, but it's the greatest rivalry because it transcends sports because it goes into basketball, too. You know, obviously professional rivalries don't have the ability to do that, you know, and not too many people give a crap about the Knicks versus Celtics like they do Yankees, Red Sox. Um, But we were doing this. And the Michigan game hits. And for the past year, all I've had to hear is about Hunter Dickinson's 33-point game where, you know, he punished Michigan State's bigs. Yeah. But the trouble with the snap, the Michigan angle got taken away after Hunter Dickinson shot like 22% or whatever it was from all within side five feet outside of a three-pointer that he missed. Like, I had to hear about his great game. I didn't have to hear about his wildly inefficient game. He still put up a ton of numbers because he did it from the free throw line because he does that separation move where he jams his head into your chest cavity and tries to push you underneath the basket. And so when you try to recover off of that, hey, guess what? Your feet are moving, boom, defensive foul. Which, by the way, I think planting a player's feet is – an offensive foul, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> sorry oh, to go on this tangent. Just saying. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> but after that game, the trouble with the snap model, the it kind of broke because I got ghosted. Yeah, and there were different approaches, and you could hear it when we were doing. The football recap when we had Jay Green on, I went back and I listened, and you could hear the 
frustration and what was, what was simply an analogy on my part, which was a comparison between, hey, you know what? J.J. was a freshman. He was too young for the moment. He yeah. turned the ball over twice, or he turned it over once, and he killed a drive on a second on a uh, earlier possession that resulted in a field goal instead of a touchdown if they would have just kept McNamara in. And to me, it was no different than what – Michigan did in 1999 when they thought Drew Henson could be their savior, but Tom Brady was playing the better game. Yep. And you could hear it just change. And it's like, that's what I liken it to. And I had to hear about how McCarthy's so much better than Henson and all this other crap. And it's just like, I'm just breaking down the game. And at the same time, it's expected to. Like, I'm supposed to expect that reciprocation back, you know? I'm just breaking it down. I'm not sitting here saying anything negative about your school. I'm talking about what happened. You know, they let their guard up at the end of last year. Kenneth Walker made them pay for it. Mm -hmm. Struggles one-on-one on on the outside. Uh, That's a spoiler alert into the X's and O's stuff we're going to talk about this weekend as uh, it progresses. But... It's like for the past, what, five weeks where Michigan State's kind of struggled, you know, I'm getting interesting messages and all this type of stuff popping up. Hey, wow, that's really interesting. Washington and Purdue both lost a day. What do you think? Yeah. Little stuff like that. And it's like, you weren't saying this after Akron. You want to know why? Because even though Akron is complete trash. You thought we were going to be just as good as we were last year at that time. And so you didn't yep. say anything after Akron. You didn't say, oh, wow, they're yeah. really going to make Jacob Slade. You didn't yeah. say any of that kind of stuff. And it's that hypocrisy. It's the level of I'm ca- I'm trying to call it like it is, and you get mad at me when you think I'm not, but then I'm getting the same – I'm getting – you know, backhanded jabs like nonstop as you're sitting there like, I was just trying to ask a sports question. You have your own broadcast, right? Like, that's the type of crap that I've had to put up with for the past five weeks until I just said, all right, there's a block button on this thing, so where is that? All right, right there, cool. I don't have to hear it from you anymore. You picked a great week for it, Tyler. Good job. Yeah. Well, and I think a big... And when so the so two two things I want to point out one Michigan has never beat a good a great or even a above average Michigan State team Michigan Michigan has never beaten a nine win Michigan State team which right. you know that's a little bit of a dig on Michigan State because those the series is whatever so it's at. yeah it, it so that tells you how many down years we had right yeah and we can get we could go into the history of all of it and. All that blah blah blah, and Whatever. how much closer it gets after fifty three? Yeah, um, once you know, we're playing home and Bunyan shows and, up, and yeah, yeah, yeah. My, start my, playing home games like every know, other right? year instead of what was it forty four of the first forty seven? Yeah, something like that. Oh, by the way, we won just, like eight of those games. So just saying, you lost to a division school, division two school at home. Not like Michigan's used to that or anything. Um. Anyway, um. My my point is that at the end of the day, these guys like when Michigan State loses, we're able to sit there and go, "Man, that sucked." 
but you know they were the better team or dude that was rough and or we'll look at our coaching staff and go what were you doing Right, uh, which this weekend, um, Monday, I'm going to give you a sneak peek into Monday's episode. Why are we running it on the first two plays of the game up the middle against that defensive against those defensive tackles? Yes, sorry. So no, my my the problem is is ever so I have I have a few Michigan friends, not a ton, but a few, and every time 2001, oh clock gate. Uh, trouble with the snap. There should have been a there should have been a flag because they bowled over the center or whatever. Uh, Aiden, Peyton Thorns wasn't leg wasn't down last year. Aiden Hutchinson got screwed out of a scoop and score. What they always have a reason on why they lost to us. My my oh, they, my my favorite my favorite. 2017. Well, it was raining. Yeah, John O'Corn had five oh, yeah. turnovers. Only Brian Lewerke had the game only when Michigan had the ball. Only when Michigan had the ball. Yep, it was raining yeah. on half the field. It was so weird. <laughs> My so the, that's where like you said it at the opening of the show, right? Mel Tucker says there's a respect. There's no respect. There's no. There's no like this isn't this isn't Ohio State and Michigan where they can look at each other and go, all right, I want them to be 11 and 0 when we play at the end of the season, right? That's, that is, that's respect, right? Like I want to beat them at their best. I, I'll, I'll speak for myself, but I believe I speak for at least a good portion of Michigan state fans. When I say I want Michigan to lose every game in every sport for all of time. I don't care. Like, I mean, let's not, we're not even going to get into the fact that you know they they still practice they still their football operations run out of Schembechler Hall and whether or not that should still exist or whatnot. And but it the is what coach it is. dresses up like an enabler of a serial rapist. Yeah, um, I mean, oh, their coach it, doesn't even want to freaking be there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know it's bad when you win the Big Ten, finally beat Ohio State after like what eight years, and on National Signing Day you're taking an interview. With the Vikings, where by all accounts you are expecting to walk out of there with an offer, yeah, and then it comes out later that oh yeah, the Vikings were in the Vikings interviewed you, and they knew within twenty minutes of that interview that you were not the guy for them. Yeah, yeah, I, this just the combination of everything it just makes it so unbearable, yeah. and it's worse when it's it's worse when we win. To, to a certain extent because of the deflection and everything else on all of those other things. Oh, you got pulled over. Oh, this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it no. rained. My, my, favorite, la- my favorite is whenever you bring up that they lost, they lost yet last year. And I quote, I would rather lose to Michigan State every year than, and win the Big Ten than beat Michigan State and not win the Big Ten. And how much this sweeter is that going to be times. if Michigan State plays a part in Michigan not winning it this year when yeah. Michigan State is down? Now, yeah. look, we know what the spread is. I'm not saying Michigan State's going to win. But that opportunity is there. And, look, Mel Tucker, in games he's supposed to get blown out in, he's gotten blown out in. All yeah. right? Th- this is your opportunity. Prove it to me. That you want to fight. Prove it to me. This is the weekend. You want to fight? You, you want to sit there and you want to compete with everyone? You want to... What was the saying that Mel Tucker gave 
Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt in their little pregame interview or whatever last year. We're tough or we're going to drag them out to the deep end. That's where this started. Yeah. Well, Prove and, it. Well, and so you you look at it, right? And all again, you know, being Michigan State fans, we're, we're kind of bound to follow the Detroit media um, at certain at, – certain parts right and you hear about donovan edwards or braylon edwards or Chase any of or yeah just spouting off, spouting off at their spouting off about how michigan is going to destroy michigan state blah 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 and they had the press conference today with the player availability and paint thorn gets up there and first question asked hey have you guys seen the have you guys seen the reports coming out of ann arbor about what their players players are saying Yes, we have. We've seen it. That's it. That is all Payne Thorne has said. That's all any player is saying. And that that tells so this okay, so we said it before. Well, they we were also year. Mel Tucker also told them. It was also said today. Mel Tucker also told also told them. There we go. Um added like eight different L's in there. He told them that not to talk. Don't yeah. talk trash. Don't give them bulletin board material because the players already know about it. And yeah. if you don't believe me, go back and listen to Xavier Henderson's post game last year. They know about oh, yeah. it. No, they, yeah, they absolutely know. They listen. They're, you know, they're on the Twitters and the Instas and all of that crap. They see it. And I think so. This is so last year, I think finally highlighted it to the Michigan players because they look. Michigan fans, right? Like you said, it isn't fun because they love to give us crap saying that this is our Super Bowl. Like we live for this game. We would be perfectly fine going one and 11 as long as we beat Michigan, right? And that's not, that's not accurate. However, no. what we do, like this game carries more weight for us. We, we care more about this game, right? And it goes into the whole history of it and all of that. But at the end of the day, Michigan State fans and players care more about this game than Michigan fans and players do. Last year, losing to us while still making the college football playoffs might have solidified it for them that, oh, you know, like they actually give a damn. I don't know because I think that last season and this season is just ingraining this current team with that sense of entitlement again. They don't have Mm -hmm. workforce mentality. What I want to see, what I want to see personally, is I want to see that first play you are punching them in the mouth. You are, I don't care what it is. First play from scrimmage on offense, you take a deep shot. I don't care. I, I don't even go. care if it's a screen pass. Just don't run it up yeah. at Mike Morris. <laughs> like, don't don't run it. Don't run it at him. Take a deep shot. And then on, on defense, do, an all, do a blitz. Something to make J.J. McCarthy uncomfortable inside that pocket. Blitz. Let's eight, nine, ten dudes. I don't care. Okay, so you gave up a score, but guess what? You hit McCarthy, and guess what? That is going to that is going to be. And I'm not talking one of these. Oh, I'm afraid of getting the roughing the passer call hits. Justin I'm talking, White against Cade McNamara. Yeah, I'm talking full on, full blitz. You are going to make him feel that throw because that's what it's going to take. Then you stop Blake Corum. You sell out to bl- to stop the run. You've made J.J. McCarthy feel it. And now that's what Michigan State football is, right? I was listening to an episode of uh, This is Sparta with Strayhorn and, Ch- and uh, Chujak and Otis Wiley, right? And they blatantly said that 
when they played Notre Dame, they they you know they knew the players. They every team hated playing Michigan State because it was going to be a physical game. The other team may have won, but they were going to be sore. They were going to be in ice baths, and it was physical. And mm-hmm. Scotty Hazelton doesn't have that. His four two five bullcrap, which I'm sure you'll get into with the X's and O's, just isn't cutting it in the Big Ten. It is. It's not. And we saw that against Wisconsin when they went to the four three. Yeah. Yeah, and so, look, I mean, the four three had its advantages against Braylon Allen. I think he had one big run. Uh, it was. Uh, but other than that, they did a good job shutting him down. And so, you know, I'm going to be interested to see, and like I said, when we do X's nose with Wright and AI, like, uh, you know, are we going to see some of that against Corum? Because at the same time, while Michigan doesn't have the second best group of receivers in the Big Ten, I think that's Michigan State. I think they have a very underrated group of receivers they, in the Big Ten. And uh, Ron, Ronnie Bell is so good. Andrew Anthony is going to be a superstar. And um, drawing a blank on the other kid who takes the top off, but I don't remember. But eh, the, whatever, the I'll figure. Is, I'll figure it out by Thursday. Yeah. Well, none, none of these none of these players make any news because they run the ball 37, 40 times a game because they can't. Yeah. When yeah, you're getting at the four, same time, that's what happened last year, and then they just threw it. Yeah. Well, and so I was listening to um, Graham Cowell. Like it felt like it felt like the Tanner Morgan approach this year. Yeah, you know the, the defense comes out of that game. Like, Man, we thought they were going to run. Well, they made Tanner Morgan look like John Elway. Yeah, and now he's now he's benched and hurt and all that. Well, <laughs> so I was listening to Graham Couch and he he brought up a great point of Harbaugh Harbaugh's team this year has a has a great identity of being able to attack a team where they're weak. Right. <laughs> However, with them having established the run and relying on Blake Corum, his pride could absolutely ki- derail their entire game plan because it could be hand the ball to Blake Corum 17 times, again, like 17 times in the first half and 25 times in the second half. And yeah. if Blake Corum is getting shut down for one, two yards a carry, well, that's, you know, is he going to rely on JJ to make those plays? Because in reality, he should come out doing exactly what we want to do. Throw the ball all over. Because we all know we're susceptible to the pass, but Mm -hmm. also Jim Harbaugh is kind of a moron. I mean, he's he's however million dollars richer for coaching Michigan, and he's still an idiot. So Yeah, I mean, look, you've got to have – I, I just want I just want jump balls on wherever Sanders still is. <laughs> Look, he he's such a good corner. He's a much better corner than he was a receiver. But mm-hmm. man, if we can get Coleman isolated one on one or whatever, hit him with a wheel. Oof, give oh, yeah. me that all day. Well, but what I what I really want, and diving a little into what I hate about Michigan State, right, is. I truly, and this is this is going to sound really dumb. I truly believe that Peyton Thorn Peyton Thorn knows more offensive philosophy than Jay Johnson, just because of being a quarterback and his dad play, being an offensive coordinator for years at championship schools. Jay oh, Johnson yeah. is a, a horrible offensive coordinator. He's an idiot. I hate him. He should but, never have been hired. But should the never one thing have been he's hired. done is he's he's taken the deep shots on Michigan. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see if I, that. Uh, what I truly want is for Peyton Thorn. 
to do what he did at the end of Wisconsin and say, you know what? We've got this. And pretty much go out and paint Manning it. Or if you're, you know, a 90, a 90s kid, Johnny mocks it, and go out and just pretty much say, no, I got this. We're going to run the play we want to run. And lo yeah. and behold, they they won the game. Then if Pink Thorne and the team can run the plays they want to run and not run it 15 times in the first three series, we will be good. Yep. Yep. And, just like uh, yeah, we'll see how that all pans out uh, this weekend. Sean, thanks for coming on. Um, again, Always guys, pleasure, like sir. the Facebook page, rate it, uh, share it, subscribe, whatever it is that you can do. We really appreciate it. I am Tyler Hayward. This is Great Lake Sports Network, Michigan State Podcast.